Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo. This is a daily podcast brought to you exclusively by Origin Gate. My name is Elijah Ward, and it's my incredible honor to share with you some of the things that have been on my heart for a while. You know, today I'd like to talk about the cost of submission to authority. You know, a lot of people don't have real understanding about what it means to submit your life to the leaders that Yahweh will use to grow you. You know, Yahweh uses fathers to mature sons. It's his divine model for posterity in the earth. He uses mothers to mature daughters. He uses leaders to raise up disciples. He uses wisdom to develop the next generation of kings and captains and emperors. And, you know, there's a transaction from one heart to another another, and that takes place specifically within the context of submission. But we have to have the right perspective of it. You know, oftentimes we've had this skewed perspective of what it means to be led, to be submitted, especially in the modern day church environment that literally votes their leaders into office and like hires them. Like their shareholders coming together with one voice to dictate the man and the method of how they will be led. But the problem with that is that God does not submit to the demands that you place on him about how you are going to be led. You cannot hire and micromanage God's leadership in your life. So I want to reveal two models of submission today. One model that I found that is commonplace and comfortable, but it fails. Another model that is vulnerable and expensive, but it succeeds. And so I want to go to Judges and read from chapter 17 and in, into verse 18. It's, uh, it's about Micah and the Levite. So I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of it as I read and skip through so we get the point. Now there was a young man in Bethlehem in Judah of the family of Judah who was a Levite and he sojourned there. And the man departed from the town of Bethlehem in Judah to sojourn where he could find a place. And as he journeyed, he came to the hill country of Ephraim to the house of Micah. And Micah said to him, Where do you come from? And he said to him, I'm a Levite of Bethlehem in Judah. I'm going to sojourn where I may find a place. And Micah said to him, Stay with me and be to me a father and a priest, and I will give you ten pieces of silver a year and a suit of clothes and your living. And the Levite went in. And the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man became to him like one of his sons. And Micah ordained the Levite, and the young man became his priest and was in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know the Lord will prosper me because I have a Levite as a priest. Now if you skip further into this story, there's something that happens when another tribe of people come and encounter this Levite. It says this, in those days there was no king in Israel, right? No authority. And it says, the people of Dan sent five able men from the whole number of their tribe, from Zorah and Eshtol, to spy out the land and explore it. And in all of their exploring, they came to the country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. And when they were by the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What is your business here? And he said to them, this is Micah. This is how Micah dealt with me. He has hired me, and I have become his priest. And they said to him, Inquire of God, please, that we may know the journey on which we are setting out and, and whether it will succeed. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. The journey on which you go is under the eye of the Lord. And so they go on this journey, and they succeed for the things that they were sent to do. Um, and it's this pretty wild story, but there, and there comes a point in the story where they come back and um, they encounter 
the Levite once again. And it says this, that they turned aside and they went to the place where the Levite was. And it says this, they came to him and said, what are you doing? Um, The priest actually, I'm sorry, said to them, what are you doing? And they said, keep quiet. Put your hand on your mouth and come with us and be to us a father and a priest. It is better for you to be priest to the house of one man than to be priest or tribe of an entire clan. And the priest's heart was glad and he took the ephod and everything they were giving and he went with them. And you know, it's funny that, um, you know, there's a cost. What happened essentially was this, that Micah hired this person. He put a salary on it and tried to hire his leadership. And what happened when he tried to hire his leadership is that when somebody else came along that had a bigger influence, a bigger platform, um, uh, that had more people with them, then he was able to be convinced to just leave his place and his position of leadership to one man to go with another. And, you know, there's this cost associated with submission to godly leaders, And we know that. We can almost sense that. But what Micah does is make the mistake of assuming that the cost of submission is a salary. And really, by doing so, he subjugates the role of the intended father into that of a hired hand. And remember, you cannot hire God's leadership in your life. An employer always maintains this um, this position of control, right? And you don't have that luxury to bridle God's leadership like a tamed horse, you know, if you were to tithe with that mindset of that you're hiring your, your, your spiritual leaders and that's why you tithe, then you completely disqualify yourself from the inheritance of sonship and really truly being joined to that man or that woman of God. You know, your tithe is to leverage the house and to display a maturity of financial stewardship. You're not buying your leaders. And so the cost is really not that of funding leadership. The greatest cost is often not financial at all when it comes to submitting to, to authority and to godly leadership. It's really a cost of dying to yourself, dying to ambition, dying to the pursuit of lone success. Submission is very vulnerable because submission means you are not in control. It means you agree to be led. You trust in God's ability to lead your life through the ministry of another man's pursuit. And although that may seem scary at times, it is the model that Yahweh uses to transact generational blessings. It's not about hiring somebody and putting them on staff as your leader um, and, and making sure that they only say things that you agree with and once they start saying things you don't agree with, you stop giving. That's, that is not how this works. And so I want to talk about the second model. Um, that I've been studying out. This model is real vulnerable, like I said before, and it seems expensive, but it succeeds. And that model is one that you're probably all familiar with, and that's the model of Elijah and Elisha. So let me tell, just read this scripture real fast. When Elijah first calls Elisha, there's a prophecy about it that takes place in in the verses that lead up to this, um, this um, story, but it says that Elijah departed and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again. What have I done to you? And Elisha returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. 
Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. And so much happened, but I just want to remind you, you know, they had this incredible relationship. He was there for, it's like hand and foot for every moment. It's like he was never far away. He he made it his his life journey to cling to the life and to stay near the life and the ministry of Elijah. And so when it comes to him kind of passing the torch, it says this, that um, they were they were crossing over a river. Actually, Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was parted from one side to the other. And the two of them went over this river on dry ground. And when they had crossed, um, this is in Second Kings chapter 2, in verse 9, it says this, When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. And then it says he took hold of his clothes, tore them in pieces, and put and took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen, the mantle of Elijah, and stood on the bank of the Jordan, and he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he struck the water, it was parted side to side, and he went over. So there's a transaction of that anointing, that 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 scroll came alive in Elisha, and it was after a time of complete submission and a complete clinging to the life of Elijah, even so much so that when Elijah, when Elisha asked for that double portion, Elijah's response was, if you see me as I'm taken. And so what he did was he said that if you continue to be so near to me that you see me and you observe me at the moment that I'm taken, it was a, it was a thing about timing. And if you want to make sure you don't miss your timing, then you're always present. And so this is a beautiful story of what the cost of submission really looks like. So first I'd like to point out that Elisha did not select or recruit or interview and hire his own leadership here. He didn't choose the man that God would send to lead him. In fact, Elijah approached and cast his cloak upon Elisha. So there was a witness from heaven of God's word to Elijah to lead and to mature Elisha. Um, And, you know, now the cost, this is the interesting part. When it comes to the cost, it really was hidden here as a secret. It was embedded in this narrative as the object that Elisha was stewarding when Elijah came and approached him. When he was chosen, when Elijah cast his cloak upon him, he was leading 12 oxen, it said. And, you know, 12 represents a number of both Yahweh's government, like the 12 tribes of Israel or the 12 foundations of Zion, but it also is you know, his current construct of leadership. It represents where he's currently at, what he's currently sitting under, because 12 is the Lamed. The 12th Hebrew letter is Lamed. It's shaped like a shepherd's staff. Um, And, you know, he was clinging to his current model of leadership. Quite literally, he was holding on to and driving these oxen. And, uh, you know, the oxen also, it's funny, represents Aleph, the strong leader. So he had a construct of leadership. He was stewarding the place of honor in his father's home when he was chosen. And the cost of, of submission was for him laying down that seat, the complete surrender of 
the procurement, the stewarding of all natural inheritance in order to say yes to Yahweh's divine path for his purpose to unfold. And, you know, when he sacrificed and burnt those oxen, he surrendered that. He surrendered possibly even his future, his career, his natural gain, and he put all of his faith and he submitted his life with surrender to the path that Yahweh intended in order to mature him into his unfolded scroll in the earth. Um, And in doing this, he received a measure of blessing that even a man like Elijah described as a hard thing. He said, I want a double portion of what you have. And a man of God like Elijah, who's done so many impossible things, said that that would be hard. And so I just want to encourage everyone today who's listening, because I believe that we have so many um, people who are crying out for leadership, who are crying out for the guidance of a a man or a woman of God in their life who would be like a father and a mother to them, who would be who would raise them up in, into spiritual maturity and who would teach them the ways of the kingdom, the mysteries and the secrets of the kingdom of Yahweh that stay within the family. And I just want to encourage everyone today to be mindful to, to pay attention to those moments when God connects these people to you, when Yahweh sends an Elijah your way, as you're do, going, being faithful to go about the things he's given you, just be, um, pay attention to who those Elijahs are when they come and when you enter relationship with these people and when they proverbially you know, cast that cloak upon you and agree to lead you, um, to guide and to in- instruct you. Um, be mindful of that. And, you know, at times, if it feels like it's a sacrifice to succeed in a place of submission to the leaders that God has placed in your life, remember that. Remember that submission to God's authority in your life might be expensive to you, but it produces blessings that you could never frame up and and blessings that you could never form up with your own plans and, and your own methods for how you're going to succeed with your life and, and your career, and all of those things. So trust Yahweh, you know, choose honor, embrace vulnerability, submit to the authority that Yahweh places in your life, because it's not for you to be taken advantage of. True authority in your life is to mature you, it's to bless you, it's to ensure that you are a mechanism, you are a place wherein Yahweh can transact generational impact, generational blessings. So choose honor, embrace that, trust Yahweh, and enjoy the ride. So I hope this blesses you. I pray that you would be overwhelmed by the love and the, the, and the, the joy of Yahweh today as you, as you digest this message and let it really get rooted and seated into the framework of who you are. So until next time, this is Elijah Ward again on Wisdom's Echo. Blessings and Shalom.